This is Christopher Benincasa for the Jersey Arts Podcast. The exhibit American Chronicles, The Art of Norman Rockwell, created by the Norman Rockwell Museum in Stockbridge, Massachusetts, has arrived at the Newark Museum. Along with Walt Disney, Norman Rockwell was one of the most famous and beloved American artists of the 20th century. His potent images of American life, from idyllic small-town scenes to heartbreaking depictions of racism and violence, are nothing short of iconic. And, in recent years, his work has been rediscovered by a new generation. I recently sat down with Ulysses Dietz, chief curator at the Newark Museum, to talk about the exhibit and what Norman Rockwell means to us today. I don't know about you, but I first encountered Rockwell's work at my grandparents' house. They had a small print or two hanging on the wall, and then also from school textbooks and stuff like that. People older than me know him from the Saturday Evening Post, Look Magazine, and Boy's Life, the Boy Scout magazine. Now he's been reintroduced to us, it seems. Uh, There was a recent documentary about him on PBS, and now there's a best-selling biography written by Deborah Solomon. What are we discovering or rediscovering about Norman Rockwell now? Well... Very simply from my own point of view, as someone who had never encountered any of these pictures firsthand, is that Rockwell is both very easy to understand, which was the point of his whole career, but he's also a lot more complicated when you really begin to study the paintings and you realize that he put a lot more into them and there was a lot more of his personality and what he did than the public ever noticed. In the past decade, there have been a handful of major Rockwell exhibits, and his work has been steadily selling at record-breaking prices. In light of that, what did the Norman Rockwell Museum set out to do with this show? Interestingly enough, the Rockwell Museum does not have a goal of presenting Norman Rockwell as one of the great artists of the world. It's a museum about illustration art, and he is the greatest illustrator of 20th century America. There's no question about that. Uh, because he starts at the beginning of it and goes right toward the third quarter of the 20th century. So that's their mission, is simply to talk about him in that context as a great illustrator, as a great pop culture icon, and then to expand in depth on what he did and all of its diversity across this long span of his career. So the, the explosion in the last few years of Rockwell's work in the marketplace has nothing to do with the mission of the museum. In a sense, they don't care. It just raises their insurance premiums because he is to them what he's always been to them, which is the greatest illustrator. I think it's safe to say that he's mostly associated with idealized images of small-town America, what we call small-town America. But in reading up on Rockwell, I was surprised to learn that he was a native of New York City. He was a city guy until he moved to Arlington, Vermont, to experience authentic small-town life. Um, What do you make of that move, uh, away from city life? I can only imagine that it was because he could, because that has always been the instinct. I mean, he grew up in a suburb, but he grew up in a middle-class family, not a rich family. Mamaroneck's a nice suburb, but he wasn't in the rich part of it. I think it was the idea that he had the money to buy space and to buy solitude, and he was a very private person. He wasn't a hugely social person. He wasn't a party, party guy. He had his circle of illustrator friends who all lived up in the country as well. Uh, so I think it was really just partly because he could, but partly because 
he focused seven days a week on his work. And the only way to do that, as anybody who tries to work in a busy office knows, is to go away. Critics have observed that Rockwell's work changed during the 60s. What happened, and was it a conscious change, or was Rockwell in fact simply consistently good and consistently relevant in terms of the work he did? Well, I think you could say yes to any of those things. Uh, he, he was consistently good throughout. I think it's interesting to sort of speculate whether the switch from the conservative post to the liberal look which we also got in my family, by the way. Uh, but switching to Look Magazine with its liberal editorial policies gave him the freedom to do what he wanted to do but hadn't, or simply gave him permission to be more liberal himself. It's very hard to know that for sure, because I don't believe he wrote about this. Rockwell also painted the portraits of presidents. Eisenhower, Kennedy, Johnson, and Nixon, and he was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom for vivid and affectionate portraits of our country. Uh, First Lady Rosalind Carter attended his funeral in 1978. He died at the age of 84 of emphysema. He was sort of our citizen artist of the 20th century. I mean, what other artists have enjoyed this kind of universal appeal? I think what he probably represents, there's this duality in his reputation in that, that high art people are snobbish about him and dismiss him as a mere illustrator. But in fact, it's that pop culture aspect of his art that makes him the darling of the vast majority of Americans because this country has always had a love-hate relationship. And I mean from colonial days, a love-hate relationship with high art, that, that we are suspicious of people who create art. And this is whether it's visual art or performance art, to create art that we can't understand easily. That's a very American thing. Mm-hmm. To we, we take offense at being talked down to by artists, and he never talked down to anybody. In one of those weird coincidences of history, Rockwell underwent psychiatric treatment in the 1950s, and his analyst was Eric Erickson, who was famous for coining the term identity crisis, among other things. Uh, allegedly, Erickson told Rockwell that he painted his happiness but did not live it. Have you heard that bit? I, I had read that quote, and, you know, that the idea that he painted his happiness but didn't live it may also speak a little bit to the buying the studio in the isolated countryside, that, that he was very lonely, and he, he was lonely in his marriages, and I, I haven't ever read anything from his children about what he was as a father, but I suspect that what I know from his work habits that he was always kind of slightly detached, although he'd grab his kids and they'd all go to Europe. So, I mean, I think, I think like a lot of fathers of his generation, he was detached because he was so involved in his work. So what can people expect to see at this exhibit? Uh, what can they learn about this really fascinating artist by visiting the Newark Museum? I think the public is going to discover in Rockwell exactly what I did as a decorative arts curator hosting an art exhibition for the first time in my career, is that they will come here because Norman Rockwell is familiar, and they will see lots of images that are familiar to them and that may have been part of their childhood or somehow involved with their life. But they will discover a depth of information, just visual information about an artist who was far more complicated than he ever expected anybody to know. He went to his grave 
having no clue that people would get to know him as well as a show like this would let them do. And I think people will be surprised over and over again at how powerful his art is. Ulysses Dietz, Chief Curator at the Newark Museum, thanks so much for doing the podcast. My pleasure. American Chronicles, The Art of Norman Rockwell, will be at the Newark Museum through May 26th. For more information, visit newarkmuseum.org. And for more information about the arts in New Jersey, visit jerseyarts.com. Thanks for listening. The Jersey Arts Podcast is made possible by the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, supporting excellence and engagement in the arts since 1966.